Hello, everyone, and welcome to All Four Downs, part of the Clovercrest Sports Media. And I'm going to tell you, this it's an exciting show, man. Exciting show. We got a lot to cover. Uh, the schedule's out for 2021. And our focus here is the SEC Conference. Yes, with the defending champions, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Will they be able to do a repeat? Or could we see a big surprise within that conference to take over that conference? We'll, we'll have to wait and see on that. But besides all that, we had some coaching carousels that's happened midseason and even in the offseason. Is it fair to say that the right people are in the right position to be coaches? Or is there a conspiracy? We got that and much, much more. I'd like to bring in Big Jace. And Joe Aguirre, the owner of Clovercrest Media and the host of the show. Uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to start the show, Joe. How you doing? I'm great. I'm really looking forward to this show. Very excited for the SEC. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot to talk about as far as uh, all these coaching hires. It's great to see these young fellas get opportunities, but it's starting to get a little monotonous. But we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show for sure. Absolutely. And speaking about the schedule coming out today, Wednesday, January 27. Uh, I'm already excited. I wish the season was already here. And uh, being that all the conferences got their schedule, there's no delays, there's no dilemmas, you know, especially the Pac-12. They got to deal with finding a new commissioner because for a lack of leadership to the Big Ten. They don't have to wait and see about the other conferences, what they're doing. Everybody is finally together on this. And I wish it was like that at the beginning of this past season. But, hey, it is what it is. But to be in focus here, uh, here is my SEC conference. I'm going to start off the back. The two top teams, uh, Georgia Bulldogs. Yes, I am a big Georgia fan. I know I'm wearing my New York Giants sweater. But uh, them versus Alabama for the SEC championship, that is my prediction in Atlanta for December of 2021. Now, uh, in a row I have here representing the east side, uh, I got Kentucky, Florida, South Carolina, Missouri, Vanderbilt, and Tennessee finishing last. On the other side, on the west division, I have Alabama leading the way with Texas A&M still behind Alabama, Ole Miss, LSU, Auburn, Arkansas, and lastly, Mississippi State. Now, of course, all that could change uh, to see what well, what type of roster uh, is going to happen um, this offseason. But, uh, Jace, any inputs on, on, on my selection? Do you think that we're going to see this, or do you, do you see it in another way? Um, I, I like your, your big two. I, I think I agree with that. Uh, maybe Texas A&M can uh, give Alabama a little bit of a run for their money um, with, with the new quarterback uh, that Alabama's going to have to bring in. But uh, the the one big standout here is that you have Kentucky at number two in the East. I think that's that's pretty crazy. Well, Kentucky, have the, the players came back. Uh, they're going to have one hell of a defense. Uh, you got to give credit. I know due to the – on and off games that they, you know, they couldn't be consistent enough. But yeah, I'm, I'm 
looking at their roster, I mean, they got great competition. They have to play LSU. They have to go on the road to play Mississippi State. They got this quarterback named Joey Get- uh, Gatewood who transferred from Auburn because yep. he was not given an opportunity because of Bo Nix. He's going to be a difference maker for Kentucky. And because they have a solid defense, I believe that that, that that kid could be able to take that offense to another level. That's why okay. I have them finishing behind Georgia. I'm not uh, mad at that. Oh, of course I, you can't I, be I, mad. I like the kid. I like the kid. <laughs> I, I don't know if he has that much in him to elevate Kentucky that much. But, I mean, if you look at – I mean, I, I understand it was a COVID season. But last year they had a such a bad offense. I expect it to get better, but I, I don't know if leaps and bounds better. I, I expect their defense to be uh, okay, be solid, but the offense is really going to struggle. If this quarterback's the the, the real deal, I, I, I said they should have been starting him even earlier. They should have started him last year. They didn't do that. Uh, if this quarterback is the real deal and can really elevate that offense, then, yeah, I could see them going for two, but right now I don't know. So you said you liked the top two, and we'll stick on the Georgia side of the house. If it's not Kentucky, who is your pick? At number two, yes, in the East. Uh, honestly, I'd have to say, right now, I, I don't like Florida. They, they they lose basically everything. I do expect them to. It, it'll be a rebuild year, but and I expect them to rebuild and eventually get up to that top. But this will be a struggle year. I, I really like uh, South Carolina uh, bringing in uh, Sarkeesian um, and doing what they can do. Uh, I, I like what they uh, th- they have. I like the elements they have there. I think they can really make some noise because they were a sneaky team this year, and I, they got some solid returning pieces back, which I think they can compete. I don't know about the sneakiness. Remember, they fired their head coach. They ended up hiring Shane Beamer uh, towards the middle of the season, and then – there might be a quarterback dispute. I don't know if Luke Doty is going to remain as a starter for South Carolina, but he is projected to be there. But that defense is not up to par. Can they improve on their defense? Listen, they, they're going to have to go home and play Auburn. We don't know uh, what type of position they'll be in. Uh, we don't know if, if Bo Nix could make a comeback uh, or will there be a quarterback change there. And they also have to play at Texas A&M. So South Carolina got, you know, their hands tied right now. And also in a non-conference, they are playing Clemson. Yep. So that rivalry between them two, both teams, I mean, it's, it's going to be a spectacular season. I just don't know South Carolina has the talent to keep up with Georgia on that. As far as the other side, Alabama losing uh, their two best wide receivers. They're losing Mac Jones. But – they do have quarterback Bryce Young, who was potentially supposed to be the starter this past season. He's going to get the nod this year. And under Nick Saban, he is having a new set of staff to, to replace all those coaches he had for the last two or three seasons. They all went and dispersed to be head coaches. It's going to be interesting to see how Alabama bounce back. And will they be better than how LSU did this past season after winning the championship and then they fell under under 500. Joe, what's your take on that? 
Yeah, look, I think um, Bama's going to be fine. Obviously, you know, you're you're losing some big-time superstars. You mentioned Bryce Young. This is a five-star recruit. And uh, had there been a preseason, likely would have been the starter over Mac Jones. Uh, expect John Michi to become the go-to receiver. There's a lot of great talent in that group. Obviously, quite a bit unproven. Uh, maybe the toughest part is that the offensive line takes a hit. Alex Leatherwood obviously uh, will be going to the NFL. The defense is going to lose some big-time contributors. But Will Anderson is one of the top pass rushers in the country. And I think when you look at the overall depth and talent at Bama, it's going to be really hard for anybody to overtake them. But, and I think you guys will appreciate this, I definitely see Georgia, uh, you know, in a lot better shape going into their matchup next season. So The only thing that I am worried about the Georgia's offense is being one-dimensional. They have to be balanced. And if you saw the game with Cincinnati, how JT Dan he has an arm. He, he has the accuracy, but what I haven't seen is the wide receivers consistently getting open, consi- consistently hitting their routes, and that's what's causing JT Dance throwing interceptions. They need also the run game, you know, and if you're going to make it far, I mean, look, they barely defeated Cincinnati. They could have easily lost that game, you know, so – Something's got to give defense. I'm not even worried about the defense. That offense need to put up the numbers if they want to become national champions. And and right there, I think that's a little bit, a little downfall. If Kirby Smart is able to make it happen, like uh, from freshman freshman year, I think definitely they they have a good chance. But as far as Alabama, look at their schedule. They starting off with a top twenty five game, which is Miami. Now. Funny how it is. Uh, again, they had this Miami schedule for like five years ago. But de- will Derrick King be healthy enough to play in this game? You understand that he had a torn ACL uh, towards the end of the season. Will he be able to be bouncing back? And he did say he was going to play another year. Could he Could he play this game? And looking down on the rest of the schedule, yes, they play at Florida who knows what type of uh, team Florida is. I don't think we're going to see the same type of game as last year with, with uh, the, uh, the ACC championship. Uh, but they have a smooth ride all the way to the SEC championship. You think so, Jace? Um, smooth? I, I don't know. I, I think they coming out the gates, especially with that being the Miami game being their first game, I expect them to struggle a little bit. I expect them to be like a little bit of like an Oklahoma last year. New guy, new QB. He's going to be a stud, but is he going to really fit in right right off the bat? I don't think so. Bryce Young, he's really good, but he's a dual threat quarterback. A lot of Alabama quarterbacks aren't that aren't, aren't dual threats. I mean, we we saw Jalen Hurts, but as soon as there was a decision between Jalen Hurts and Tua, Saban chose Tua. So I think them not being able to hand the ball off as of, uh, as much as they normally would. I, I, I see Bryce Young in his first year playing a sort of like Taysom Hill with the N- New Orleans Saints. Not really hand the ball off to uh, – they're not going to have Najee Harris, but they're going to have a stud running back back there because it's Bama. 
He's going to be taking carries away from him. He'll be able to make some plays down the field. But I expect there, there to be a couple struggles early on, very similar to Oklahoma last year. But I expect it when we get down into November, even later October, things will start clicking for this kid, and we'll see why he why he got that scholarship, why everyone thought he was would be starting last year. Well, McLennan, uh, Jace McLennan and uh, Rodell Williams will be two sophomores uh, in a position to be starting roles at the running, running back position, and, and that makes Alabama dangerous because you also add Bryce Young. I mean, look at how Army used to uh, do with their with their running game that it give the ball to anybody and create yardages. So, and then with their with heavy wide receivers, it's like what Joe said, man. Alabama's going to be back there again. Uh, but on the other side, that look at the Georgia schedule. They start off with Clemson. Now, this is pretty much a playoff game for Georgia, and so for Clemson, we already seen Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, but they're also going to be without Travis Etienne in that offense. How are they going to function here? And as far as for Georgia, we, we've seen them, how they got demolished by Alabama. Can they learn from that game and continue on and pull an upset and defeat Clemson right off the bat? What do you think, Joe? Nope. You don't think I so? I do not think so. Uh, look, uh, you know, I think it's un- look. We we learned a lot this past season. We learned that Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati and Liberty are just not on the level of these other teams. And I still think Georgia. Well, and I'll tell you what, Georgia recruits as good as any team in the country. But I think at the end of the day, you you still have to look at Clemson and Alabama as the big brothers in the room. I mean that you know they they've got five star recruits on the bench. That that haven't even sniffed playing time yet, and I don't just mean freshmen. There's there's guys that'll be starting next year as seniors for the first time that were five star recruits when they got there. So it that's a scary thought. I just that's too soon of a game for me for Georgia. I I wish that wasn't their first game. I wish that was uh, the third game of the year. I would think that you know maybe Georgia time to bounce back. And depending on the result of the Fair game, enough. win or lose, if it's a close game, they got 11 more games to yep. to be legit all the way to the SEC championship. And that I'm like I'm saying, we're, we're assuming that they'll go to the SEC championship. But yeah. if that's the case, it's like getting a second chance, you know. And then you could at least respect to say, hey, Georgia did play top level teams compared to some others that were riding by. You know what I'm saying? So. You got a point there, but I like it. I like it being week one. We should have more games like this so we could like differentiate who's better and who is deserving to be number one, two, three, and four. Do you think anybody wants to take that game? As far I mean, as no. I mean, who, who's as like, as yeah, what? you know what? Pencil me in against Clemson game one. Listen how good I Why am. Not? I mean, I, I would. Well, you because don't Clemson in week 14 or week 10 or later because then you lose your chance of making it to the But quarterback gets hurt in week seven? I mean, you better have a backup. Well, I'm much, <laughs> I'd am much. i be much happier to get him in week 10 than in week one in that case. I mean, look, there's there's a lot of factors, I think, that that go into this at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm with you, Ovi. I, I love the idea of scheduling out-of-conference Top twenty-five teams. I mean, again, I, I think if you want to take your, your 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 program to the next level, 
you're going to have to notch some of those wins up. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, think about Appalachian State every year. That team gets off to like a 4-0 and start. They're in the top 25 now. Like, they've earned the respect of, yeah, I, I, right. They lose a game, and they immediately drop, you know, 55 spots uh, to the lower echelon of, of uh, the the uh, college football ranks. But um, I, I, I'll tell you what, I, I like what Georgia's doing. I think that, obviously, Georgia... You guys made a lot of excuses for him last year, and I know they appreciate that. But you definitely excuses? got a lot of excuses. excuses. Come on, every week you guys came up with something. Oh, the the defense was well, that was all right. Hey, it was they that played good. what I said the wrong they were going to play. The I didn't say they were going to the championship for like ten weeks or some crazy nonsense. Hey, I, my name is not Jace. My name is not Jace. I'm just saying, right? I mean, you guys talking about like Kirby Smart. I don't know why he isn't starting the other guy. Well, he's the coach. I mean, so he would know who the well, starting quarterback should be more than know. you two guys would know. He did not know because we were right. Ever since JT Daniels took over that offense, they were a different team. No, you're telling me Kirby Smart's that stupid? Well, he's not he, smart. He, Look why Justin Fields <laughs> went to Ohio. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a different topic. Stop, 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 stop. We're not talking about him. Don't don't mention him with Georgia. Please don't. I'm mentioning him no. with Kirby Smart. No, because Justin Fields probably didn't fit in that system that he was doing with, with them. And besides, look what he has done with, with Ohio, Ohio State. This is a, a good different quarterback's topic. a good quarterback. Over oh, do, uh, are they good quarterbacks or is they quarterback for that system? Think about it, because most good quarterbacks don't come with, from big teams. They come from colleges that we haven't even heard from. Right, and Dwayne Haskins is currently looking for a job in the NFL. Which he, right. he got signed already. Uh, Pittsburgh picked him up. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. No, yeah. you know, it's actually it's a funny. It's actually a futures contract. Oh, futures. yeah, which I thought was interesting because, you know, look, Pittsburgh, uh, I don't want to get sidetracked here, but they've got a lot of um, this big, big decisions to make. Ben Roethlisberger's got a $41.3 million option for next season. Oh, that's they a lot deferred of money. all that money and all um, that money for an old man. All right. Yeah. So um <laughs> Dwayne Haskins certainly will have an opportunity, assuming they release Ben or he retires before March 1st. So keep your eye out for that. But again, I think we already understand where we're at. Um we know Jace, don't we? <laughs> we know. We don't want to bring up the old, but hey, look, we, you we, mentioned we, something about Appalachian State, right? Yeah. And you know, I would love to see these 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 colleges step up to the plate, but as soon as they get good, these power five conferences, they start snatching these head coaches, and yeah. then those those colleges are not up to par anymore. Oh, they used to be that good when that head coach was there. You see what I'm saying? So yep. it's like a minor league system building up for the Power Five uh, conferences. I and mean, I kind of like this group, but then again, they do pay the coaches a lot better than those other colleges. So, um, but yeah, hey. Yeah, but that's interesting, just, too, because, you know, the this whole coaching system and, and obviously Saban and, and Urban Meyer and some of these guys obviously have the coaching trees. We know the Belichick coaching tree and the Holmgren. Like, there's a lot of these coaching trees. And there was a time where this is what you had to do. You had to pay your dues, right? You had to become a coordinator and, and you know, sort of, you know, graduate assistant to a coordinator of some sort. Um, 
and you'd become a head coach at a, at a mid major and, and then work your way to like a, a power five uh, offensive defensive coordinator position. Maybe you go do a little NFL stuff. You get fired in the meantime, and then that would prepare you to be a head coach at a smaller college or at a, at a mid major. But that, that doesn't necessarily apply anymore because we're oftentimes now seeing guys with little to no experience as coordinators. You just saw in the NFL, Dan Campbell of the Detroit Lions got a six-year contract despite the fact he's never coached anything in his entire life. Um, we, we, we've, seen, we've seen a lot of that. Um, I mentioned well, Shane Beamer a little bit more later on in the show. Again, a guy who was the uh, tight ends coach who now is the head coach at South Carolina. I thought, I thought maybe, you know, when, oh, yeah. when you're offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, that once you, you, you did like two or three years, then you're able to qualify yourself as a head coach. But it, it doesn't seem like that anymore. Uh, the you rules, have a point there. The rules seem to keep changing right. on what we're looking for in a coach. And I think we all know that there's a lot of coordinators that are out there that are doing a really good job that don't even seem to be able to sniff an interview. Um, and then again, you, you've got guys like Beamer and, and, and guys in the NFL like Campbell who have never coached anything or ever called a, an offense or a defense that are just being handed these jobs for no apparent reason. And, Joe, you said the same and, stuff about Joe Judge, though. Well, hey, listen, listen. He That's also went 6-10, and 10, so I don't know if, if my uh, criticism has, but he has was been... Hasn't he, been completely justified yet. The, the he was a coordinator, is though, right? He was a coordinator. He was a special so special teams. I mean, like yeah. a big boy coordinator on something that matters. That's that's a special thing to do, man. I joke. <laughs> it's obviously very important. It's like the fourth most important part of football. Mm. But however, uh, what I did notice is it's not enough minorities in <laughs> the coaching business. Not not that many minorities. Now well, does that. Does that rule don't apply to college sports? It doesn't. The Rooney rule of, of the NFL does not apply in college sports. And, you know, look, again, the problem seems to be, you know, again, I think look at look at what Tennessee just did in uh, in, in hiring, um, what's his face, Heupel, um, the former Oklahoma quarterback. Uh, again, this is another guy with barely any experience they presented him to the media like this is the guy we wanted. Uh, no, it wasn't. There were two other white guys, more high profile that you wanted that turned you down for better opportunities at what they thought were better schools. Rather than go out and find a nice, sexy choice, something people could get behind, you went with Hypo. You went safe. You went boring. You see a lot of that. Again, that guy hasn't done anything more than anybody else to have deserved that position. I don't like it. I, I mean, look, I, I, I'll get into this before we're done. I know sometimes people get upset when you start bringing race up in sports. And and and, and as professional sports, obviously, people lose their mind. Because uh, Sunday, I just want to watch the game. Protest on your own time. You know, sometimes you, you have to be aware um, that, some of these opportunities, and, and if you look at an NFL team, and this isn't racist to say, but you notice most of the players are black. 
Uh, about yeah, 90% of, of them, yes. Yeah. Honestly, the I'm going to share the numbers when the show's over. It's it's a, a lower number than you would think, the percentage mm. of black players. It used to be much higher. It's actually, I think, because of the advent of white wide receivers that Tom Brady made famous, um, you're starting to see some of those numbers kind of balance it's out again. It's multicultural um, there as a players, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, right. You know, last week I, t I talked about the fact that guys like Trevor Lawrence, you know, are, are more keenly aware of the experience that their black teammates don't enjoy. And, you know, we've seen lots of things uh, from lots of coaches where years later, former black players are like, guy used the N-word. He treated the black players very differently than the white players. You know, we all play ball. We've all played sports, and and I, I I know within a locker room, you generally don't see a lot of racism. It's a brotherhood. We're all there for the same reason, no matter what your race or your religion is. There's there's joking. It's generally uh, all in good fun. I'm sure that there's certainly situations where maybe things get out of hand. But, again, you're still talking majority of the players are black. And there's not a black coach on your sideline. Especially if you're in the SEC. And if there uh, are coaches in the sideline, they're not in the top. It is a position. joke because not only are there not head black head coaches, even your coordinators are all white guys. Your conditioning coach, your tight ends coach. I've seen in a lot of places where even the wide receiver and the quarterback coach is a white guy. I mean, come on. Let, let, let's... Again, I know people are kind of tired of the race thing, and I'm not saying like the like either like this is not a racist thing, but to to look at this and not think it's problematic that there's so few black coaches is, I don't know, it, it's it's a little bit weird. Absolutely. And speaking about coaches here, we have uh, Eli Drinkwitz, who, who was the head coach of Appalachia State. He takes over for Missouri. Uh, Tennessee is trying to find their coach. Uh, they're under investigation uh, for some recruiting violations. Uh, their coach was immediately uh, dismissed and more likely will not receive any benefits. Uh, we mentioned Shane Beamer already with South Carolina. Uh, we also have head coach Clark Lee, who was a defensive coordinator from Notre Dame. He takes over uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, and then there's a new staff members under Nick Saban this year, uh, especially in the offense corner. Uh, matter of fact, former head coach from the Houston Texans, O'Brien, he takes over as the offensive coordinator. And then you got Brian Harson, who, uh, who left Boise State to take over Auburn. Uh, then, you, of course, you got Lake Kiffin and Mike Leach. They're in their second year. So we'll see if they will be able to develop and be better than this past season to see if their offense will take them miles away. And they got a hard task because they got to cross through uh, Alabama. So there's there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of pieces being filled in, new faces in the SEC. And who knows how long Nick Saban will have with Alabama. I mean, he's reaching already close to 70 years of age. So how long does he have left to coach Alabama? Do you mean how many more national championships is he going to win before he hangs him up at 85? I don't know. He's like the new uh, the new uh, Bear Bryant, dude. I mean, it's it's uh, he could the, stay there till he's dead pretty much if he wanted who's to. Who's the coach from Penn State? Uh, Joe Paterno. Yeah, Joe Paterno. 
I mean, he could be that guy in a wheelchair, coach from the from the press box or something. Who knows? Just gotta make sure you don't have a Jerry Sandusky and you can oh, stay, oh. stay as long as you want. Oh man. Is this the first time anyone Jerry Sandusky's name up? Sorry, Penn State, but not for nothing. I don't know you guys heard about Meshach Parsons and the um interesting things that have come out about him. Um uh, he must have gone to uh, to one of Sandusky's uh, kid camps because apparently Mishan Parsons, if all of this is to be believed, has been uh, rubbing his genitals and inserting them into his teammates' buttocks. Oh, my From God. From a report I heard earlier today, uh, Mishan Parsons is either mentally disturbed or a closet homosexual who's taking it out on his teammates. And for crying out loud, bro, it's it's 2020, 2021. If you're gay, just be it. Don't be all weird in the locker room, man. Oh, man. It's some crazy st- Did you guys read that stuff today? <laughs> I, mean, you know, I, I got to catch up with you. You're ahead of me, Joe. You're ahead of me. I, I don't I, think I, we're looking I, at the same sites, Joe. I no. read it on Hustler's sports section. Hustler's. <laughs> of all magazines, you went to Hustler. They, they, right. they have a pretty good sports section. You know what section I'll be watching is this mock draft that's happening for the for the NFL. Chuck Parsons not in the top five. Hey, so this is a mock draft, and again, this is not what's gonna. I'm not predicting. This is somewhat what could probably possibly happen. Can the New York Jets actually? Not pick a quarterback. A lot of people are assuming that maybe Zach Wilson might be number two. Uh, people are saying Justin uh, Fields may have fallen down in the first round. But right now, you know, you're people think that Trevor Lawrence will be number one in Jacksonville. Uh, maybe Jamar Chase might be the number two pick for, for uh, the Jets um, and Devontae Smith. But, Joe, if, if I'm New York, I'm the Jets, you know, it's all about fame. It's all about names. It's all about getting all the attention. Wouldn't you not believe that maybe if, if the Jets need a wide receiver, they just grab Devontae Smith and say, the hell with it. Let's, let's get him. Yeah. You know, I feel like this Dolphins thing to Devontae, uh, Devontae to the, the, the Dolphins is a lot of wishful thinking for like two and Devontae. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why anybody would pick Jamar Chase over Devontae Smith right now. Right. I mean, I, if you right, if you're being honest and you're like, well, let's look at what's happened in the last couple of years. Jamar Chase, to me, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but he's like the third best wide receiver in this draft, as far as I'm concerned. Um, this is a lot like this Connor McGregor thing, guys. Yeah, um, absolutely. The ESPN want to hype it up. I understand yep. Jamar Chase, a big guy, he's got a lot of upside. I am not ready to say this guy is like Canton bound. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty solid in saying Devontae Smith's going to be a superstar at least the first four or five years he gets into the league. He's a smaller guy. So mm-hmm. I, I, I might question Devontae Smith long term. Um, but again, the NFL is is made for uh, speedsters because uh, they don't want people getting touched at all right. uh, in that sport, which I, I hate. But um, yeah, no, I, right. I, I I also wonder if the Jets wouldn't consider, especially if they're married to Sam Darnold. I think you're dumb 
if you keep that second pick, um, again, just Jamar Smith doesn't make uh, uh, Jamar Chase doesn't make sense to me there. He really doesn't. If you're going to keep Sam Darnold, I wonder if it, I mean, I know they already got another pick in that round. I wonder if yes, you trade this back and try to see what you can do. Uh, maybe, maybe even to get a player. Uh, right. uh, 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 you know. Yeah, well, again, certainly, certainly, I watch the center articles on Hustler. That's right, Frank. <laughs> Hustler.com is very underrated for its sports coverage. Hey, that's where he gets um, all his uh, political beliefs and stuff like that. So, no, I mean, in his stats. Yeah, this, uh, you, you know, he's also involved with HSW show, and, I, and now I know. Now I know. Thank you. But you know who, what, what other player is overrated, in my opinion, is Kyle Pitts. Yes, I know he had a success with Florida, but this guy gets injured. And if he can't handle hits because he was dealt with concussion protocols, why would I want him in the first round? I'm just saying. Just saying. Well, you know, to me, I think you look at a guy like Evan Ingram, you could argue the same thing. Oh, he's great, but he gets hurt all the time. I mean, there's not for nothing. I mean, you, you could say it about Saquon Barkley. You could say it about Christian McCaffrey. I mean, all these guys seem to be getting banged up. So right. now again, this is this is not official. This is just all in some assumptions. Could Justin Fields end up going to the Detroit Lions? I mean, they already hired their coach for six years. Could they gamble more and get Justin Fields? And they're looking to trade Stafford away now. So yeah, they're definitely going to be looking for a quarterback now. And with Stafford, does it come with picks? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What so, a bummer, though, would it be if, let's just say, the draft goes Lawrence, Fields, Wilson to the Falcons, and there's the Lions at seven. <laughs> they might get Mac Jones. <laughs> well, I guess worse things could happen to you. But, oh. again, I think they're going into this thinking that Fields or Wilson will be available at the seven pick. I mean, I I, I think it was kind of dumb for them to um, announce they were going to separate with Matt Stafford. That doesn't seem like it's a really good leverage move. Uh, no, they're, they're going to trade Matt Stafford to the Jets for that pick or something like that. A team that maybe. needs a QB. Yeah, maybe. But again, what do you do with Sam Darnold? Is are the Jets going to move on from Darnold? Or I mean, and, and that's the thing. There's a free agent regardless. He's a free agent regardless. So that's not the. But the, Darnold has a hat of coach. Darnold. Who, no, he's not. Sam Darnold's not a free agent. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. You're right. My bad. He's yeah, fifth, fifth, he's oh, fifth yes. year. He's fifth year, just like Baker and the boys. Again, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. The Jets haven't haven't really officially decided what they're doing with Darnold. Right. And and you know, you mentioned on uh drawing about the G Men that I mean he's got the greatest left tackle since Anthony Munoz. Um uh, uh, in Makai uh, Becton, who uh, by, by all accounts, according to you, should have been the uh, NFL offensive oh, rookie of the year. It, stop it, stop it. Oh my god, you know what was going to bring this up again. Yeah, oh. you, you knew it was going to happen. This is the perfect you take a Sewell, and both your, both your tackles are all set for 15 yeah. years. And then when you go two and 15, it'll be really hard to explain how great your tackles are, but you'll try. Yeah. 2015. That's that's a lot of games there. Yeah. But uh I mean two and fourteen. <laughs> well there's 17, there's 17 weeks of the league. I mean, I could see the Jets finding a way to lose their bye week. Well, the Jets also had like again, they had the number two and they have number 23 pick. 
Uh, so if they were go and get a right receiver, they could also get a defensive end. Also, the New York Giants needs a uh, pass rusher, and why not get Aziz Jewelry from Georgia? Uh, who knows? Or maybe again, anything can happen. We just got to wait for that free agency to see where the teams are actually gonna uh, land. Again, uh, Indianapolis Colts. They needed a quarterback. They yep. need a quarterback. Uh, Phillips Rivers retired. Could Mac Jones move up? No, and, wait a minute. Are that- all the are all the Alabama guys going to the Dolphins? Is that what you is that what you're doing here? <laughs> <laughs> is that did I do that? That's it. Yeah, yeah, you got Najee Harris with their you know, second I pick. I didn't even realize that. I went like this. I took the some boxes and I said, "Bam, you're going to that team and that team." So. Maybe hey. Jalen Waddle falls to the second round, and they grab him with their first pick of the second, and they just just redo all. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. And look, the last two that last two picks all depends on the Super Bowl or whoever wins the Super Bowl is going to be number thirty-two. Uh, but if the Buffalo Bills could they get an offensive tackle again? I mean, right now the Bills. They're at a position where they just need to build. You know, they had a success on making it to the AFC Championship. Can they repeat and go further next year? Uh, so this draft is very important to them, and they're looking good so far. Uh, but, uh, hey, these are all assumptions. I'm also assuming that maybe Mac Jones and Christian uh, Barmore may not be in the first round. Uh, again, you know, yeah, they got the national spotlight, but there are a lot of good defensive men there and I can't wait to see the Columbine to see exactly where these guys stand um anyhow that's what we're looking right now uh in the mock draft and as weeks go by and everything else I, I say within March it'll be an actual draft Jace will have one Sean will have one and myself we'll make some comparisons to see and a fact that Joe you'll be the judge get it judge to it. determine if Who's right? Who's wrong? You know, which which list goes to the trash? That's what we're going to be playing in a couple of weeks. So, but uh, listen, I don't want to make any assumptions right now, but I, I'm already eyeing Jace's list for the <laughs> trash can. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the one person who's been working on it since last yeah. yeah. And you know and you get backlashes on social media about it too. Yeah, so, he gets I beat mean, up by random strangers that are like, oh, uh, "Love your first six. What are you smoking for seven? <laughs> um, yeah, I love it. No, listen, he does put a lot of work into it. I feel like Jace. You know what Jace's problem is? He starts to overthink things. Yeah, keep it simple. He doesn't man. just like he's like, yeah, you know what that makes sense, and then he's like, you know, it would be really dumb. If I take this good idea and I and he starts doing some things to it, God, just go with your gut, Jace. Hey, there's a lot talking with this gut, bro. Take, oh, yeah. t- I'm telling you, trust your advice. gut. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot That's of different crazy. things coming from this gut, Joe. I don't know. It's well, hard I, to listen sometimes. Well, we're gonna Joe's gonna speak out of his gut pretty soon with the final whistle. And before we do, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. And uh, say what's up to one of the podcasts as a member of Clovercrest Media. When I was 12 years old, I became a Jack Nicholson super fan. 
This happened almost overnight on an evening in February 1997 when I first saw The Shining. Here's Johnny! In those 20 plus years, I never stopped being a Jack superfan. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Get ready for You Don't Know Jack, hosted by me. Subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. Matter of fact, you just put out episode 17. It's very good. You should check out that podcast for sure. Now, uh, last season, the 120 FBS schools had 13 black head coaches. Well, since three have been fired and no African-Americans have been hired yet this year, there have been 10 openings. All 10 went to white guys. Now, for years, these uh, wannabe black coaches, we're told, become a coordinator at a mid-major program. Uh, Maybe you'll work your way up. You could eventually become a coordinator in one of the bigger schools and then work your way back down, become a head coach at a mid-major, and and you'd be on your way. They were told it wasn't race that was holding you back. It was experience. But Shane Beamer has never been an offensive or defensive coordinator. mentioned earlier tonight he was actually the tight ends coach at Oklahoma before South Carolina decided to make him a first-time head coach in the SEC. Tennessee hired Josh Heupel, another uninspiring safe choice. People of color represent 69% of the NFL, but just 35% of their assistant coaches. Black men make up 57% of college football teams, but just 10.77% of coaches are black. Now, some people get upset when you bring up race in sports, and I understand it, but and, and maybe you even feel good about yourself because you think Eric Bieniemy should be a head coach somewhere, but he's not, and you kind of know the reason why. It's high time for the NCAA to do something real about giving people of color more opportunities to become coaches. We're a much more diverse nation. Everyone should embrace it. The days of the good old boys network is coming to an end. Don't go down with a fight. Everyone's just looking for a seat at the table and an opportunity. You never know. You might find some really good coaches. And if that means Dan Mullins doesn't have a job, win-win. Thanks so much for joining us in all four downs. For Jace Garcia and our producer extraordinaire, Ovi Muniz, I am Joe Aguirre. Make sure you check us out at clovercrestmedia.com. Also visit hhwshow.com to get all the latest from the wide world of sports. We're proud to be part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. We'll catch you next Wednesday night at 7.30 for all four downs.